podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rapid voice! This podcast is brought to you in part by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. Shop today at www.charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. This podcast is brought to you in part by Modern Appalachian Kitchen, a small, Local Morgantown business is giving WVU fans and Morgantown something to talk about. This local candy kitchen is home to the Marshmallow Couch. That's right. Now you can relive the infamous WVU winning celebration with a couch that you can eat instead of catching on fire in the middle of the street. Order your Marshmallow Couch and other sweet treats at ModernAppalachianKitchen.com. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. I am not joined by anybody today. It's just me. I'm flying solo. I'm flying solo. It's all me because my brother J.N. Fiend had to work. He can't make it, but we got to go because the show must go on. We talked about the Penn State game. We did the Penn State review. There's no need to do the review yet again. There's nothing really to talk about. Specific to that game, we talked about our feelings. <clears throat> I guess we could talk a little bit about some things that have been said on Twitter. Shout out to Robbie Blair, a fan of the show, avid listener, much respect, much appreciation to him. He brought up a question. He said, if Mountaineer fans expected to lose to Penn State, why are Mountaineer fans wanting to fire Neil Brown for losing to Penn State? And I will say this, me personally, it's not about the fact that we lost, it's how we lost. I wanted to look competitive in a game where we were going to be more fired up, more amped up, more focused, more game planned, more ready than we will be for the rest of the season. And I didn't feel like we were as crisp as game planned, as schematically advantaged as we could have been. C.J. Donaldson looked like a man. Lee Koba looked like a man. That offensive line when run blocking looked like a group of men, grown men. But the rest of it was lackluster. The passing game downfield, pathetic. Um, the other running backs, not real great. They looked okay. There were, there were flashes with Cole Taylor. Um, the secondary was atrocious. Like I already mentioned, Lee Koba was a man, but the other linebackers were just okay for the most part. We got some kind of a pass rush in moments, even though Penn State held and did not get called for it. I just didn't see what I was hoping to see, and that's why I felt worse after the game, 
even though I expected to lose. That's how I felt. And I feel like there were a lot of other people who felt the same way. Another thing that was frustrating was how Neil Brown handled the press conference afterwards. Neil Brown left that press conference or entered that press conference with a, almost like a, we expected to lose, so I'm not discouraged sort of an attitude. Penn State's better than us. We were outmanned. We were outmatched. So I'm not discouraged sort of an attitude. And I don't ever want to go in as a, as a Mountaineer with the expectation that we're not going to win. I don't ever want to see that. I don't ever want to hear that. I don't ever want to feel that. Not that it can't be a reality. I just don't want to feel it. And we felt that. And I feel like we felt it throughout Neil Brown's tenure. And that's what's frustrating. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys just for a second. This is take two. I, I recorded this already. I did about 22 minutes. Just me flying solo. I was really proud of it. I tweeted out about it. It was really good, I thought. And something happened. We lost the file. We could not find the file. There was no restoring the file. So I'm doing this again. I'm trying to match it, match the energy. And I'm also trying to make sure I've got all the talking points. But I can't remember if I've got all the talking points. You guys are going to have to bear with me. But I do know that, that we've, we've talked about you know the Penn State game as much as that, that needs to be talked about. Um, there is reason for optimism if you're a Mountaineer fan, and I don't think it has to do with our team as much as it has to do with the Big 12. And I talked to Jeremy about that on the Penn State Review, which was Texas Tech lost to Wyoming. Now, you can argue that maybe they were looking ahead to Oregon. You can argue that maybe Wyoming's better than we expected, but I did not see Texas Tech losing to Wyoming. Baylor lost to Texas State. That's probably a worse loss. Um, TCU lost to Colorado. I'm not sure what to think of that yet. I got a feeling Colorado is better than, than people expected and that TCU is not quite as good as the nation expected them to be. Um, so it's possible that our slate of games is not quite the gauntlet that we expected. But Pitt did beat Walford like a drum. And Wofford is Wofford, but they went out and they did what they were supposed to do. So we've got the Duquesne Dukes coming up in FCS school. This game should be out of hand by the end of the first quarter, running clock and all. We should get to see the backups quickly. Nico Markiel, Jaheim White, Jalen Anderson, Justin, Justin Johnson. We should get to see those guys immediately because we know what we have in C.J. Donaldson. We know what we have in that offensive line. We are not sure what we have in Garrett Green in the passing game. There needs to be some kind of chemistry and continuity with Garrett Green in that passing game. But the receiver should be wide open early and often. So it might be hard to figure out because they're going to be, Duquesne's going to be overmatched so bad that it's going to be hard to get an idea, a feel for what Garrett Green really is. This game pales in comparison, not even close to the atmosphere that you had at Happy Valley. The intensity won't be there for a lot of reasons. It's not an opening game. There aren't 110,000 screaming fans. There aren't the fourth most watched, the fourth most, uh, it's not the fourth most watched game 
of the week, like the Penn State game was, all those things play a factor into the pressure that was on Garrett Green. So none of that will be on him, and he can just play his game. So it should be like a light scrimmage. It really should be. So hopefully what we can do is get out unscathed, injury-free, and get our backups in quickly and get ready for Pitt. Because that's what matters at this point. And there are a lot of people saying, because I'm calling for Neil Brown to be fired, to be dismissed, because I look around the country and I look at coaches who have done much better with much less time, with much less resources, with, with much less of a brand name than Neil Brown has inherited. Um, and I say, we're way overdue for success. So I'm ready for Neil Brown to be gone. And I'm ready for somebody to step up and pay the buyout. Not me, because I ain't got it. If I had it, let me tell you, it would be Mountaineer Field. Uh, what would we call it? Let me think about this. Milan Pushkar Stadium at Mountaineer Field, presented by the Raspy Voice Kids. How about that? That's what we would call it. Boom. Got it. Naming rights. Put, the mo- put that money in the bank for Mountaineer Athletics. However you want to do that, NIL, MAC, wherever you want to make the contribution, however that's legally tendered out. That said, I don't have that kind of money, so I can't pay the buyout, and I can't dictate who the next coach is, and I can't not rename the field. So we're just going to have to wait and see what they decide to do. But my point in this rant is I'm done with Neil Brown. I was done with him after he didn't go for it on fourth against Pitt which in my opinion cost us the game, that and the Bryce Ford-Wheaton drop. And there are people defending Neil Brown that are coming at me, saying to me that essentially I'm going to have egg on my face when we're three and one on the other side of this thing, and I'm going to look like a fool. Guess what? I want nothing more than to be wearing a clown nose and clown paint and honking my nose and doing a little dance and be calling myself a clown for not believing in Neil Brown. I want that. I want to be wrong. You know, I was thinking about this and I was imagining that me and my buddies are at a bar And I see a beautiful girl and they're hyping me up. They're like, yo, go get her number. And I'm like, I can't get her number, guys. You know, I'm a little bit older than I was back when I was out looking for girls. I'm more out of shape. You know, my game's a little rusty. I can't get that girl's number. She's way out of my league. And my buddies are like, I bet you you can get her number. I bet you $100 you can get her number. So I say, all right, bet. I'll go over there. I'll give it my best shot. If I don't get her number, then you owe me $100. If I do then I owe you $100. So I go over. I put my Mac down. I spit that game. I riz her up. And guess what? She not only gives me her number, we're going out. We go out. We go on dates. It's five years later. That's my boo. Do I have egg on my face? Do I look like a fool? No, in this scenario, I win. 
I got what I wanted. Yes, it cost me $100, but that's a small price to pay for winning the game. And that's how I feel about this Neil Brown situation. Egg on my face, being wrong, having to tweet, get on my podcast and talk, recant, apologize, whatever you want to say, is a small price to pay for West Virginia University football success. Because that's all I want. That's all we all want is West Virginia University football success. So yes, I hope Neil Brown's the answer. Yes, I hope Neil Brown's the man. Yes, I hope he didn't set us back an entire decade like it appears he has done. But we finna see. Because even if he's 3-1 and one after this, after this stretch at home, the season is a long one, my friends. That's just a, that's just a third of the way through. He's got two-thirds of the season left to go. And it's a gauntlet. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And we do get to play the four newcomers. But it's tough. It's not the Big East. It's not the Big Ten West. It's not the ACC. It's Big 12 football. So, we're finna see. We're about to find out what Neil Brown's made of. We're about to find out what these seniors have. But Zach Frazier, man, that dude's a dog. He's a bulldog. He's a leader. Lee Koba, same thing. C.J. Donaldson, best running back on the field, according to Chad Scott, and I saw nothing to disprove that theory. So I hope for those guys it's true. And I hope we get our revenge against Pitt. I picked us to go five and seven. I picked lots of things because I I was asked on several different podcasts on WTAP. Shout shout to WTAP. Uh, Andrew Null, Philip, all those people over there, shout to them. I picked multiple places. I've said several different things. I can't settle on anything. But what I seem to have kind of grooved myself into is five and seven. Baylor losing to Texas State made me feel like it's possible to get to six and six in a bowl game. Much more possible than I thought before last Saturday. Um, that said, if I, even saying that we would be five and seven, I expected us to beat Pitt. We owe them. We're at home. Pitt's not that great. Narduzzi sunned Neil Brown last year. He sunned him in Pittsburgh on national television in front of the world. Neil Brown owes it to him to show back up. Will he? I don't know. But he owes it to him to do just that. So I hope, in fact, he does just that. He comes out. And he kicks him in the can and he says, yo, I'm the man. This is my stadium. This is my house. You're playing on my turf. And we're going to sing Country Rose when you get back on that bus. But one can dream, right? (laughs) That's what I'm doing. I'm dreaming. All right. So that's essentially what I have for WVU football. Um. What I did want to talk about a little bit was college football. Because college football is really good. This, well, first of all, we wait all year for college football. You cannot sleep on a week. People sometimes talk about, oh, this week's not that good. You don't know what's good. You have no idea what's good. I'll tell you what's good. A week where they're playing football on college campuses. 
And this week is one of those weeks. And we get Nebraska at Colorado, an old school rivalry made better by prime time. Coach Prime is coming. He's hunting. Like he said, no, 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 I'm sorry. Coach Prime's not coming. He's here. And like he says on his sweatshirts, I'm not hard to find. He ain't hard to find. Saturday at noon, Nebraska and Colorado, old school rivalry revived. Matt Rule, who I like, versus Coach Prime. And I got Colorado winning that game. But that's not all. You got some more games that I think should be fun. Interesting at the very least, even if they're not fun, interesting at the very least. We're talking about Tulane and Broaders Penitentiary. Please tweet at me if you get that reference. Not Tulane and Broaders Penitentiary, Tulane University, the Green Wave versus Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, Saturday at 3.30. That should be another excellent, excellent game. You've got the U versus Texas A&M, a battle of overhyped mediocrity. You have... Now this, is, now, this is something that I'm curious about. We already talked about the fact that Texas Tech lost to Wyoming. There are people saying Wyoming's a better football team than people have given them credit for. My question to you is, do you believe it's possible that Texas Tech was peeking ahead to their, to their showdown with Oregon? And that's the reason they lost to Wyoming. It's possible. It's a possibility. We're going to find out. Because they get Oregon. Saturday night, 7 p.m., Oregon Ducks, Texas Tech. We're going to find out what's really good. And the game everybody's been waiting on, Texas versus Alabama. The Longhorns travel to Tuscaloosa. Texas wants their revenge after some questionable calls in the Longhorn State last year. I think Alabama knows the game was closer than they liked it to be. They've heard all the chatter about how they got some questionable calls, favorable calls, and they want to prove that they are the better team, that they are a playoff contender, that Kirby Smart's reign is not going to be a three-peat. But we're going to find out. Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Alabama, Texas. That should be a good game. And... That leads us to our next segment, the NFL. The NFL schedule kicks off on a Thursday, which is glorious because we don't have to wait. This evening, we have football. The Lions and the Chiefs. Ah, Evan Foxy would say, the brand new Lions. The brand new Lions take on the possibly Travis Kelsey-less Kansas City Chiefs and the great, in my opinion, the greatest Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and company. And we'll see what the Lions are made of because they want to get to the playoffs. They believe that they can get to the playoffs. And the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. And they've been to the AFC Championship game how many years in a row? That should be a good game. That should be a really good game. But we're finna find out. We're finna see what they're really about. MCDC, we're gonna find out. Bengals and Browns, Texans and Ravens. This is all Sunday. Buccaneers and Vikings, Panthers, Falcons, Cardinals, Commanders, Jags versus Colts. Now that is a cool matchup. 
You got Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, the Niners versus the Steelers, Titans and the Saints, Raiders and the Broncos, Eagles and Patriots, Rams and Seahawks, Dolphins and Chargers, Packers and Bears, Cowboys and Giants. And then on Monday night, you get the Bills and the Jets, the return of A-Rod. We'll see. We finna see. I don't really know who's good and who's not. We can sit here and talk all day about what matchups are worth watching. And normally during the season, Jeremy and I will go through and say, these are the games I'm excited about. These are the games that are not worth watching. But my point to you is, how can you tell who's really worth watching at this juncture? Week zero in the NFL. How can you tell? You don't know who's good and who's not. Nobody knows who's good and who's not. Every year there's a surprise. There's lots of surprises in the NFL. The NFL does parody better than any other league. And this is the example of it. You don't know who's good. You have no idea who's good. You have to wait and see. You have holdouts. You have injuries. You have coaching changes. You have so many things that dictate whether or not your team or your rival is actually worth what they are supposed to be worth. If they're as good as they were last year, if they're as good as they're projected to be, there's a lot to wait and see. So we're going to find out. But it's beautiful because here we are not talking about hypotheticals. We're talking about football, not, not, not practice. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about football. And it's beautiful. As always, get at your boys. Check out JN Fiend on Twitter at JN Fiend, J N P H E E N. And on Instagram at The Raspiest, T-H-E-R-A-S-P-I-E-S-T. You can find me at I Also Hate Pit everywhere. Because if you don't know anything else about me, you need to know I Also Hate Pit. And we are the Raspy Voice Kids. We make music. We make podcasts. We talk pop culture and sports. We love you, so please love us. And as always, get at your boys. Podcast Network.